BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Tom Hartman Program. There's a lot going on in the world besides just a massive pandemic, although, you know, what's the old saying? The prospect of being hung in the morning tends to focus one's mind. Uh, Yeah. So for a while there, there was this incredible hubris, uh, particularly among millennials. Oh, you know, it's not going to affect me. And now down in New Orleans, it's knocking off millennials, tragically. And and we've had a couple of babies die from this. I mean, this, this is a large and extensive and pervasive issue. You know, this glib, oh, it's the boomer remover. Yeah, right. You know, the Trump administration is hard at work. They're bringing in their best mind. Jared Kushner, the guy who overpaid for a building on Fifth Avenue by several hundred million dollars because, hey, you know, his daddy said you got to marry a a rich woman who looks good. You got to buy a newspaper. He gutted the newspaper, by the way. The New York Observer ruined it. And you got to buy a fancy, you know, high profile building in New York City. And boy, those guys saw Jared Kushner coming. Those guys who were trying to unload 666 Fifth Avenue. They refer to him in the press, Joan McCarter over at Daily Kos, she opens her piece, Blunderkind. Wunderkind is the big German thing. Yeah, Blunderking. Yesterday, he came out and he said, the national stockpile does not belong to the states. It's ours. Here's his exact quote. The notion of the federal stockpile is supposed to be our stockpile. It's not supposed to be the state's stockpiles. Right? You get that? So let's go back to what the Strategic National Stockpile says on their website. The Strategic National Stockpile is intended to provide life-saving pharmaceuticals and medical supplies for use in a public health emergency severe enough to cause local supplies to run out. When state, local, and tribal and territorial responders request federal assistance to support their response efforts, The stockpile ensures that the right medicines and supplies get to those who need them during an emergency. And then Kushner goes on to say, I mean, this is like the genius in the White House, right? The guy who who solved the Middle East crisis, right? The Israeli-Palestinian crisis? Oh, no, he didn't. That's right. Uh, Anyhow... He said the N95 mask is an item that is not used as frequently in the medical profession before this. It was used mostly for diseases. Yeah, seriously, he said that. Michelle Goldberg has a piece in today's New York Times. It's titled, Putting Jared Kushner in Charge is Utter Madness. I think the the headline as it showed up on my app was, uh, Jared Kushner is going to kill us all. She writes, when New York's governor, Andrew Cuomo, said that the state would need 30,000 ventilators at the apex of the outbreak, Kushner decided that Cuomo was being alarmist. Kushner reportedly said, quote, I have all this data about ICU capacity. I'm doing my own projections, and I've gotten a lot smarter about this. New York doesn't need all those ventilators. And then this is what he said yesterday. People who have requests for different products and supplies, a lot of them are doing it based on projections, which are just not the realistic projections. Right. The author of American Oligarchs, The Kushners, The Trumps, and The Marriage of Money and Power, book that I have, it's, it's brilliant. Andrea Bernstein wrote it. She had a conversation with Michelle Goldberg in which she said that Jared actually thinks he's a disruptor. Right? He believed he could do it Whatever he wanted to do, whatever he set out to do, quote, he believed he could do it better than anybody else. 
and he had supreme confidence in his own abilities as his own judgment, even when he didn't know what he was talking about. Somebody called earlier in the week about the Kruger-Dunning effect, you know, where people think that they're smarter than they are, and so they make huge, disastrous decisions. Bonnie Prince Charles is probably another good example of that back 250 years ago. He was a lousy student. His daddy bought him a seat, bought him a place at Harvard. Then he paid $1.8 billion for a skyscraper that was probably at the most worth $1.2 billion. When he went into the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, uh, he said that uh, he had read a whole of 25 books. Michael Koplow, Michelle Goldberg notes, the centrist Israeli policy forum says that uh, Kushner's plan was, quote, the Monty Python version of Israeli-Palestinian peace. And now he's making life or death decisions for all of us. This quote from the New York Times, Mr. Kushner's early involvement with dealing with the virus was in advising the president that the media's coverage exaggerated the threat. So what is the consequence of that? Kushner telling Trump, oh, you know, New York is just exaggerating this. Don't give them anything. Just ignore them. This from ProPublica. New York State has paid 20 cents for gloves that normally cost less than a nickel, as much as $7.50 each for masks, about 15 times the usual price. $2,795 for infusion pumps, more than twice the regular rate. And portable x-ray machines, this is one of the characteristics of this virus. You can see it in the lungs. It just destroys lung tissue in a particular part of the lungs. It's a signature of it. You need an x-ray machine to check it out, and they're running out of them. I mean, they're just maxed out. These portable x-ray machines sell for $30,000. New York State just bought one for $248,841. Unfortunately, laws against price gouging don't apply to things like this unless there's, you know, a Well, I think, frankly, they need more legislation for it. Yesterday, somebody called in and said, uh, actually, several people called in and said that there was a study out of California that found that one-third of all the coronavirus cases in Sacramento County were from a church. It turns out that that's true. And the pastor in this church, it's called the Rivers of Living Waters Church, and the pastor is Dan Ostring, I wouldn't call this guy a pastor. I I would call him a a hustler, a grifter. He said, I ain't never seen such fear-mongering in my life. He held a big gathering service four days ago. Public health officials said Wednesday that a third of the county's 314 confirmed coronavirus cases had been linked to churches. Meanwhile, down in Georgia... The uh, Secretary of State's office is mailing out absentee ballots to every single one of the state's 6.9 million registered voters. i got to look this up and see if the Georgia Secretary of State is a Democrat or Republican, because this has the Republicans really seriously upset. State House Speaker David Ralston, Republican, said, This will be extremely devastating to Republicans and conservatives in Georgia. Every registered voter is going to get one of these ballots. This will certainly drive up turnout. <laughs> And, of course, Donald Trump said, vote by mail, he said, you'd have levels of voting that if you ever agreed to it, you'd never have a Republican elected in this country again. Right. Oh, and Matt Gates, the Republican in Congress from Georgia, who is just basically a rich kid with good political connections. He says, it's perhaps Joe Biden's failures as a candidate that animates the left desire, the left's desire to get these vote by mail provisions into coronavirus legislation. Right. It's incredible. I started by asking if you had things that you were uh, grateful for or, or that you were hopeful about. You know, the positive side of a bad situation. I'm making the best of a bad situation, right? What do you have? And uh, Louise found this. There's a little website for people who live in Portland, the people who talk to each other and, you know, it's uh, things like that. And, and this one is from a person over in St. John's, which is a, a neighborhood here in Portland. And she says, hi, neighbors. Before you criticize me or yell at me, please know I'm taking this situation seriously and taking every precaution I can to keep everyone safe. I care for a senior, so I do not see any people except my partner. And when I walk, I wear gloves and I place a flyer on their door and step away from the door over six feet until they come to the door and I ask if they need anything. Now, that you know, kind of sounds confusing. Let me explain it. She says, 
I was thinking that many seniors that might not be on this website or use online resources, I've seen posts from people offering to help and some with no responsive needs. So I started walking my neighborhood every day, looking for people 70 and older and knocking on their door, leaving a flyer to see if they need anything. If you're willing to help with any requests, please message me at, and then there's her phone number and her email address. And she says, for the most part, people have been fine, but I tell them they can call anytime since this could go on for a long time. One veteran said he can't leave home anymore and needed a thermometer, a mask, and some hand sanitizer. I already have these, and I am, I'm also limited store trips. So I'm just asking if you want to be on my list to reach out to when I find people that need things. No pressure. Also wondering if anyone in the neighborhood is making masks. I can buy some or reimburse for costs and maybe hand them out to seniors who can still get out and shop but need protection. Isn't that sweet? You know, that's the upside. The downside is... You know, I told you yesterday about how on Tuesday I went for a, Tuesday afternoon I went for a walk along this path along the Columbia River here, and uh, you know everybody tries to get six feet away from each other. I mean, everybody's been really good about that, except this one guy who looks like he's probably in his mid sixties and he's kind of curmudgeonly. I just kind of imagine he looks like somebody who watches Fox News all the time, and he just walks right down the middle of the path. And then Louise and I went for a walk yesterday. And, you know, we were trying to get over to the side of the path and get out of the way. He was on the side with the grass. We were on the side where we'd fall into the river. And he didn't move. He wouldn't move. He just right down the middle of the path, like, screw you guys. I watch Fox News. I know this is a scam. I know this is just a hoax. It's so sad. And then the story over on Raw Story today, the headline, many conservatives want to own the libs during the pandemic, even if it gets people killed. And that's a phrase not from some liberal website. It's from Frank Luntz, the Republican pollster. And he's saying to his uh, Republican colleagues, back off a little bit here. You're going to get people killed. Well, they're already getting people killed. They have been for two months now saying that this is a hoax and that it's nonsense and that it's going to go away and it's just like the flu. All lies, demonstrable lies. They knew these things were lies. Trump knew they were lies. Trump was warned by the army on February 3rd. Trump was warned by our spy agencies back in in late December that this was coming to the United States. And Trump was saying, oh, don't worry, you're going to get 100,000 ventilators. I promise it. Right. Well, Politico did an investigation and found that there are 9,500 ventilators in the national stockpile and 3,200 more are expected by April 13th. The 100,000 that Trump promised, they will be available in late June. Just in time for the red states. You know, the virus is a couple months behind. It's, it's hitting hard and fast in the cities, like here in Portland. But actually, you know, we went into shutdown, uh, the entire state of Oregon, weeks ago. And it looks like we flattened the curve, although who knows. Same with Washington State, just north of us. Although we did have a couple of deaths overnight last night, and we're up to, I think, 730-some-odd cases, known cases in Portland. We're having a real hard time getting testing kits. Of course, because we're a blue state, and (laughs) the Trump administration doesn't send us squat. But anyway, today I'd like to go toward a little more positive note in just a few minutes and ask, where are you finding your optimism and your hope? I'm finding lots of places where I have optimism and hope. In particular, the fact that even Republicans now are talking like liberals, you know, okay, we've got to support people, we've got to, you know, et cetera. I think the era of neoliberalism has come to a close. This 40-year experiment with brutal, raw, unregulated capitalism has been revealed all around the world for what it is. The Strategic National Stockpiles website, which used to say... The Strategic National Stockpile is the nation's largest supply of life-saving pharmaceuticals and medical supplies for use in a public health emergency severe enough to cause local supplies to run out. When state, local, tribal, and territorial responders request federal assistance to support their response efforts, the stockpile ensures that the right medicine and supplies get to those who need them most during an emergency. Organized for scalable response to a variety of public health threats, this repository contains enough supplies to respond to multiple large-scale emergencies simultaneously. Well, you know, Jared is being trashed mercilessly over on the Internet. Right now, the uh, number eight trending hashtag is Kushner is an idiot. 
and saying things like the notion of the federal stockpile was it's supposed to be our stockpile. It's not supposed to be state stockpiles that they can then use. Nobody has ever explained federalism, apparently, to Jared Kushner. He thinks that the United States is a kingdom with a royal family at the top. Trump and him and Ivanka and Don Jr. and whoever, whatever other grifters that they attach themselves to. But actually, it's the people at the local level who elect their state and local officials and also, to a large extent, elect their federal officials. And then those officials, well, basically the power structure is people to the states, states to the federal government. Now, if you view that as a pyramid, it's flowing from the bottom up. But the fact of the matter is that the power, the sovereign power in the United States is not the federal government. The sovereign power is we the people, the first three words of the Constitution. We are the sovereigns. The federal government serves, uh, exists to serve the states and protect the states, and the states exist to serve and protect the people. So Jared Kushner has it completely upside down. So what they've done now is they've changed, in the last 24 hours, they have changed the language on the website for the strategic stockpile. I'm not making this up. Earl G. is posting about it over at DU, DemocraticUnderground.com. The strategic national stockpile's role is to sup. This is the new language. The strategic national stockpile's role is to supplement state and local supplies during public health emergencies. Many states have products stockpiled as well. The supplies, medicine, and devices for life-saving care contained in the stockpile can be used as a short-term stopgap buffer when the immediate supply of adequate amounts of these materials may not be immediately available. In other words, they just completely changed the meaning of the national stockpile. This is nuts. This is just absolutely nuts. Meanwhile, Edward Luce in the Swamp Notes newsletter, I guess you'd call it, goes out every Friday uh, to people who subscribe to the Financial Times. He's the publisher, I believe. Um, He said uh, something odd happened at Trump's Wednesday press conference. He says, Mike Lindell of MyPillow declared that God chose Trump to be America's president. He then added, quote, God has been taken out of our schools and lives. Our nation has turned its back on God. And I encourage you this time at home to get back in the word. Lindell is a a major Trump fundraiser. He's a multimillionaire with his MyPillow product. And uh, Trump is trying to get him to run for governor of Minnesota in 2022. Uh, MyPillow is located in Minnesota. He's a heavy-duty evangelist. And then my Edward Luce notes, 44% of likely U.S. voters see the coronavirus and the, and the financial panic meltdown as, quote, a wake-up call to God's faith, a sign of God's coming judgment, or both. And that's according to McLaughlin and Associates, which is the company that does polling for Donald Trump. And sure enough, Florida, Georgia, Texas, and Mississippi have all written you know, Ron DeSantis is getting all the publicity for this down in Florida, but they've all written exceptions for churches into their stay-at-home orders. Every single one. Florida, Georgia, Texas, and Mississippi. They are literally killing their churchgoers and or the families and the elder relatives of their churchgoers. I pointed out in Sacramento County, one-third of all the coronavirus cases were traced to two church services. And then Ed Luce goes on to point out the thing pestilential societies, in other words, societies experiencing a pestilence, a a plague, have always done is seek scapegoats. He points out two years after the Black Death hit Europe, on Valentine's Day in 1349, a thousand Jews were burned alive in Strasbourg. Oh, it's their fault. So that's the first thing that happens. And I'm telling you, this is coming down the road. You're going to see Trump as the red state. Right now, you've got blue states who are seriously pissed off at Trump. Pretty soon, it's going to be red states. And when that starts happening, you're going to hear blaming like you never heard in your life. And, you know, I mean, over in Hungary, you've got Viktor Orban, who now is, has rule by decree. The parliament passed this last week that Viktor Orban, if he says something, it becomes law. He has become an absolute dictator. 
This is a NATO country. This is a European Union country. Hungary. So, you know, I'm sure Trump wants to move in that direction. He's just not smart enough to make it happen. But the second, Ed Luce points out, the second thing that people do when they have a plague, the first is they find somebody to blame. The second is they see the disease as punishment for offending God. Now, the pious people assume that they didn't offend God, so it must be those people who offended God. Right? 9-11, Jerry Falwell and Pat Robertson, uh, God lifted the veil and allowed this punishment for the sins of homosexuality and, oh, and abortion. Thank you. I was thinking promiscuity. No. Well, maybe. No, and not maybe, actually. Not at all. But let's take this to the next step. Jerry Falwell Jr. keeps Liberty University open. And Ed Luce is saying, you know, he's putting us all at risk. Americans all across the country. They insist that their fate can defeat the pathogen. And by implication, those without faith deserve their fate. And that's what I, that was the logic train I was going down with the well, maybe if you believe that, then you've got to believe this. And therefore, the churchgoers must have deserved their fate, which says what about the pastors? So Ed Luce says, there must be a limit to this nonsense. He says, he points out Venice, which was the portal through which the plague kept coming into Europe throughout the years, finally figured this out. And there's an island off the coast of Venice where they forced incoming ships to dock for 40 days to make sure that nobody had plague on the ship. And they called that Coranta Giorni. Now, I don't know if that's the name of the island or if that's Latin for go park at that island or Italian. But he says that's where we got the word quarantine from. And he makes the point that the duty of government is to protect the citizens, not to protect the evangelists. But protecting the evangelists is exactly what's happening in these four states. I just find it mind-boggling. I mean, in Florida, Georgia, Texas, and Mississippi, you're going to see flaming disasters in these states. I mean, this, this quarter million people will die number, according to Dr. Burks, you know, Trump's uh, spokesperson, spokespuppet. According to her, that quarter million dead people number assumes that the entire country gets shut down for a month and a half. Not that there are loopholes for churches. Anyhow. This is the Tom Hartman Program. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. 
Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Carl in Ocala, Florida. I have gotten to the point where I just turn the TV off at 5 o'clock. This incredible back-slapping dog and pony show that this moron in the White House puts on, it's just beyond yeah, I, ha- I have to do that every day, It's or I'm going to throw up. We're, Louise and I are using it as the opportunity to put on our YouTube exercise videos and, and work out <laughs> yeah. with some dumbbells. Well, and then after that's over, yeah. I go to BBC and I watch BBC for an hour. But back to you. Oh, that's, that's a good solution. I have I, one thing I wanted to say was that I, I write a lot sitting home. I'm, I'm older. I'm retired. I'm, I'm the old retired Marine. You and I have talked a couple of times. Um, and I spending this time writing to senators and representatives. And I even actually tried CNN and MSNBC. I was really concerned about the lack of backbone, the lack of guts, the apparent fear, the absolute stone-cold fear that you will be banned forever from that press room if you actually try to pin him down and get him to answer a question or force him not to, you know, make make terrible comments about what is with the media? I thought I thought they were supposed to be there to get answers, get straight talk and stop the political stuff and stop and get the facts flowing. But we're not doing well, about that. half the people in that room are like people from One America Network and Fox. I mean, they're basically there to fawn all over him and suck up to him. And he always calls on them. And then you've got a few real media people in there. And I think he thinks that it works to his advantage when he gets in fights with people like you, Michelle Cinder. Hey, let's take yeah. on a black woman. Yeah. Trump always thinks he wins those kinds of things. He doesn't, of course. You know, he just looks like a fool. Yeah. But that's, you know, it's hard not to look like a fool when you are a fool. <laughs> Pretty difficult job for him. One of the toughest jobs he faces is to look like a normal, rational, intelligent human being. One question I had to have, one the one question I wanted to ask was, can you give us any information? I've heard bits and pieces about, and I think, i got to be honest with you before I ask the question, I think this may be the wrong time. As a Marine, been in combat, you don't do an after-action report or analysis while you're fighting up the hill. You just don't do it. You wait till afterwards and all the facts can be put together. You get a little more rational thinking. But is there something going on with Pelosi and Adam Schiff and a commission to investigate how Trump has just so thoroughly screwed this thing up? Let me just correct your metaphor or analogy or whatever it is, Carl. While the soldiers who are climbing the hill are not doing an after-action report, the academics who are observing the war preparing the histories, they're absolutely evaluating what's going on and determining what happened. And the reporters who are reporting on it are determining what's happening and evaluating it. And that needs to be being done right now. And it is to a large extent, particularly in the print media in particular, and the New York Times, the Washington Post have been doing actually a pretty reasonable job of this in many ways. But Adam Schiff wants to put together a 9-11 style commission, a bipartisan commission that will look into the failures that led to Donald Trump pissing away two months. I think you're going to find that those failures fall entirely at the feet of Jared Kushner, who told Trump this wasn't a big deal, that he, he, was, he had gotten very smart about this. And he had run his own projections and his own numbers and yeah. that everything's going to be fine by April and all this kind of stuff at Jared Kushner and Donald Trump's feet. But well, so Miller was it's, involved it's almost in that a, also. He, he was persuading Trump. Stephen Miller. Hope, yeah. Democrat and all that stuff. But we always put together an after-action report, officers do, uh, when the right. objective is won or whatever. I wasn't talking about the, the guys running up the hill firing the guns. But anyway, you're, you're right, you're right. I just wondered, is, is it something happening, or are they doing it? Or To the best of my knowledge, they are trying to get it in, included in the next piece of legislation. This is something that Congress, if any dollars are going to be spent doing this, it has to be authorized by the House of Representatives and then the Senate and signed by the President. And so it's something that they'll slide into the next bill and that Trump will probably put a signing order on saying, you know, I'm not recognizing that. So uh, anyhow, Carl, thanks a lot for the call. That's a good one. Christian in Bronx, New York. Hey, Christian, thanks for watching us on YouTube. What's up? 
Hey, Tom. It's nice to talk to you. I watched Amy Goodman's interview of Tara Reid earlier this week on Democracy Now! And Tara Reid seemed highly credible to me. Mm-hmm. My question is, do you think this is a potential me too situation for Joe Biden coming up that just hasn't I kind of doubt it. Her first assertion, this is the woman who is saying that Joe Biden was inappropriate with her. And her first assertion was that he put his hand on her shoulder. You know, well, he did that to me and to my wife, too. Gee. And then as the press was like ignoring her, her, she went through a whole series of stories that escalated in, in intensity. And that that gives me pause. That said, I, you know, I don't want to be one of these uh, media naysayers. This is a story that's going to have to, and I, and I don't want to be one of the people who doesn't believe the woman. And sometimes people change their stories for good reasons. But I think that this is something that's going to have to work through the uh, media machine. But the fact that Ronan Farrow has no interest in this, the media that really blew open the, the Me Too stuff, many of the reporters have come out and either said that they don't think that there's any there there or that they're not going to, to bother investigating it, speaks volumes. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Josh in Millerton, New York. Hey, Josh, what's up? I just wanted to disagree with EJ being on this whole concept that, uh, I mean, obviously progressives and moderates should be talking to each other. However, you know, the powerful, as you know, and I think it's clearly obvious now, the powerful have so many advantages in our system. So if the moderates got on the side of the left and decided, you know, we need hard solutions to climate change. We need hard solutions to our economic woes. There's going to be compromises anyway, and things are never going to go the way the lefties want them to go. But, you know, if the moderates get on the side of the liberals and the lefties and the progressives, at least we'll have a really firm place to start from in negotiations. I mean, I think it's like when Obama you know, he went into the room and he'd already negotiated with himself and his people and asked for less money in the stimulus. Then a lot of shrewd economists who care and are progressives said they should ask for it. We ended up with a lot less money than we should have. So if he had just gone in from the beginning and said, we need. So what's your point, Josh? That, 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 that we need to really firm up the progressive base. And I urge moderates to get on our side and and to to ask for yeah I do too but it, it's be- not going to happen by jawboning it's going to happen when you get enough progressives inside the Democratic Party as precinct committee people and as volunteers and as candidates that essentially more than half of the Democratic Party becomes progressive right now a little more than half of the Democratic Party is still taking a lot of money from lobbyists in industries like insurance and health insurance and pharma take your choice right and we need to change that and that's a matter of grassroots activism that's a matter of people showing up I get your point but you know you have to understand that when people like EJ Dion say moderates what they really mean are politicians funded by corporations And that's the problem that we have, but it's a problem that was created exclusively by the Supreme Court. Dan in Fort Lake, Illinois. Hey, Dan, what's up? Hi, Tom. Thanks for taking my call. Bless you. Bless Anthony Cuomo, or Andrew Cuomo, sorry. The reason I was calling is I'd heard that there was some talk, apparently mostly on Twitter, about uh, a Trump genocide trending. Apparently, the that was the hashtag that was trending a week ago, last Friday. Right. So he's. I guess the upshot was he was diverting supplies to red states to adversely affect blue states, and um, I think he. There, and I don't know if I give him enough credit to put this much thought into it, but it could. Sounds like it could have a reverse effect because of his lack of insisting on a national stay-at-home order and the unclear guidance to the red state governors. So it could have a reverse backlash because, as we know, a lot of the rural red states, they don't have the infrastructure and their health care and could be a problem for them. It may be. And I think that the political calculus is going to change very rapidly. And the test case for it is going to be Florida. Florida is probably going to melt down first. It's probably going to be the red state that has the first crisis. And it'll probably start toward the middle or end of next week. And it's going to get critical a week from now in Florida. 
That's like two weeks out from the spring break is when all the young people spread the virus all around the state. And then two weeks after that, they're now infecting their elders and their elders are going to start crashing after two weeks. And so it's been roughly two weeks since spring break, since the height of spring break. And so two weeks from now is going to be when the older people are starting to show symptoms and starting to crash and burn in the hospitals. So um, as I shared with you before, there's already an absolute food fight going on in Florida. I mean, the, the, everybody's pointing fingers. Ron DeSantis is saying, hey, nobody can get on our unemployment system, and, it, and it's the worst in the country. It only pays 275 bucks a week maximum, and, uh, and the website was specifically designed to prevent people from getting benefits or to kick them off if they're having benefits. And he's saying that that was Rick Scott's fault because when Rick Scott was governor, he's now the senator from Florida, when Rick Scott was governor, he did this because he thought it would help his numbers. Somehow it's always about numbers for Republicans. You know, Trump, Trump wouldn't declare an emergency, a state of emergency because he wanted the, the stock market numbers to keep inc- increasing. He didn't want to let those people off that cruise ship because he, he liked his numbers at only 15 cases in the country. This is going to get worse and worse and worse in Florida. Right now, that's the economic part of it. Wait until grandma starts dying and grandpa and dad and mom. I mean, you know, as that spreads across the state, we're going to see the the complexion of how this is going to play out. And I predict Trump is going to go into blame mode like and and Trump and Fox News and right wing hate radio. They're going to go into blame mode like nobody ever imagined. And they're going to blame, of course, Democrats and Barack Obama question is whether they can pull it off outside of their own bizarre little bubble. We'll see, Dan. Dan, thanks for the call. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Mark in Sandy, Oregon. Hey, Mark, what's up? We really have an undeclared parliamentary system here in the U.S. We do all of our negotiations and balancing before the election, and then we all have to trust that it's going to work out for us after the election. What that's doing right now is with Bernie and Biden vying for this, it's dividing us. And instead of embracing us, the DNC and all of the the old school are pulling everybody uh, apart. And it seems to be helping Trump a lot. Um, What are your thoughts on that? I think that's an absolutely accurate analysis. I'm not sure that I would say we have a parliamentary system. I mean, you know, the essence of the parliamentary system is is a proportional representation. We don't have that. But and I would toss into that mix in terms of who's making the decisions and how they're being made, the lobbyists and whatnot, because it's been almost 30 years, maybe a little more than 30 years now since what the majority of American people wanted was actually made into legislation. The Reagan presidency basically ended that, as was demonstrated by uh, Gillens and Page, the researchers out of Columbia University back in 2014. They looked all the way back to 1980. And what they found was that starting in the mid-1980s, government stopped responding to what the people wanted. Am I answering your question, Mark? Is that, am I speaking to what you brought up? What they're doing is they're strong-arming us. It's like vote blue no matter who. you got to vote for us. They're trying to strong-arm to get the votes, but they're not working with anybody to give a proportional representation. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a, that's a feature or a bug of our current political system, which goes back to it being 240 years old. It wasn't until the 18, I think it was 1859, 1860, that John Stuart Mill published on Liberty, where he laid out the whole idea of proportional representation. So, you know, it was just a tool that the founders didn't realize they had available you're to them. listening Mark, to thanks. Tom Hartman. Janet in Mount Vernon, Washington. Hey, Janet, what's up? Monday, the Seattle Times ran an excellent article about Dr. Lin. Dr. Lin actually works for a group called Team Health. He's not an employee of Peace Health. He's actually a contract doctor. Oh, really? And this is where it gets so, really so interesting. So the Peace Health Hospital is contracting out with a private Team Health, this is, this is where... Yes, and it gets very interesting because Team Health was acquired by the Blackstone Group, which is a private equity firm, in 2016 for $6 billion. So who gave the order to fire Dr. Lin? Because you would assume that it would be the hospital, even though they're running their payroll through a third party. 
you know, all along they said, well, we, we didn't fire him, and maybe they have, and I just haven't heard that recent news. The article said that doctors lending their name to aid and abet corporate practices of medicine, and this is what you get. Dr. Lin is causing a problem by publicly raising these safety concerns and asked the physician owner to handle him. So I suspect it was actually this team health that may be at the bottom of this. And Tom, this has not, to the best of my knowledge, been covered like on, you know, watching mainstream television. It's pathetic because this leads to that whole question of, you know, who actually owns our so-called healthcare delivery system. And I'm truly grateful for the public service that you've been doing. My husband and I uh, recently changed our Medicare from a Medicare Advantage to straight Medicare because of listening to your show. These hospitals, I mean, this is private equity firm. They're there to make money. Yeah, and, and exclusively. So, exclusively. So you wonder, well, you know, is it somebody on Blackstone that's also on the board of CBS or ABC or via, you know, any one of these? Why aren't they covering this story? When you add in, and I did a rant about this either yesterday or, or the day before, about how these hospitals have contracted with third-party billing. I told the story back, you know, we had a company years ago, and we tried leasing our own employees, and it was a, a small disaster. And we got ripped off badly by the leasing company, but, you know, as the employer. And my employees did, too. They all thought they had 401ks, and when, the employee, and when this leasing company went away, so did their 401ks, which was bizarre. Oh. But, you know, this, this is just, like, so wrong. And, frankly, I think my advice to contact the hospital board still stands and tell them to fire the damn leasing company, the employee leasing company, and hire their own damn employees. I mean, this is just, these kinds of practices are just criminal. I suspect this is going on all over, not just doctors, um, yes. all kinds of, you know, different practices that they're buying up, these private equity firms. That's where the devil is sure in the details. So thank you, for, thank you so much for covering this. Yeah, thank you, Janet. Cliff in Santa Clarita, California. Hey, Cliff, what's up? You've spoken about how this virus is going to burn through different segments, like the military or the police department and the first responders. But, but I haven't heard anybody bring up the Navajo Nation. I read an article about the New Mexico governor, Michelle Grisham, and she was on the phone with Trump, I think, Monday, and she's raising all kinds of alarms about how it's spiking in the Navajo Nation, that it could wipe out some of the tribal nations if, it's, if they don't get on it. And, and she made a request about a, a defense department to bring a big army hospital, a 248-bed hospital, and she had, as of like Monday, after like 10 days, she still hasn't received a response from Trump. Native American communities don't tend to vote Republican. And exactly, Native yeah, Americans, exactly. of course, are not white European people. So why would there we expect go. Donald Trump to do anything to help him out? The guy is a racist, and he puts party above country. He puts party above par, humanity. Par for the course. Yeah. I mean, that's how yeah. he operates. He doesn't even hide it. I mean, it's, it's blatant. Hey, can I say No, one he brags thing? about it. You add all the things that are going on now, you know, I don't really have to list them. It's like an enormous case of Murphy's Law is what happened, is happening right now. I got to believe, Tom, I, I want to know your opinion. The super turbo Christians like Mike Pompeo and that robot, Mike Pence, I got to feel they're pumped up right now. This is the end of times that they've been waiting for. I mean, what yeah. do you think about that? I think it's entirely possible, and... Uh... You know, and I think that people like Mike Pence believe that they are God's instruments. I mean, they, they believe in a theology that involves an angry, vengeful God that right. destroys people if he doesn't like what they're doing. And then they've convinced themselves that one of the things God doesn't like being done, or a couple of the things, are homosexuality and abortion. You'll recall Jerry Falwell, Pat Robertson, the day after 9-11, blamed 9-11 on abortion and gay people. It just makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, that, that a religious fundamentalist and a sick and twisted one like Mike Pence, one who does not believe in Jesus' essential message of you are your brother's keeper, we are all in this together, we do have to feed the hungry and, and house the homeless and, and care for the poor and, and, and those kinds of things. Pence clearly doesn't believe in that. You can't be a Republican and believe in the actual teachings of Jesus. So, you know, they, they use Christianity as basically a mechanism to promote bigotry and, and power. It's all about authoritarianism. It's about having people on the top and having people on the bottom. So disgusting. that's what I think. It's, it's not just disgusting. It's disgraceful. And it's Dangerous. sad. It's scary. 
And it's yes, sad all, because all people, people are going to die. I mean, you know, this is, this is the bottom line, is that people are going to die. Extremely reckless and dangerous and scary. Yeah. Or actually, people already are dying. We've got 6,000 dead in America now. And, you know, it didn't need to be this. Thank you, Cliff. I mean, all of China has 3,000 dead. You know, all of South Korea has a couple hundred dead. In Germany, it's, it's not even 100, I believe. It's like, you know, it's just not happening in countries that have flattened the curve, that have taken this seriously. Bob in Westminster, Colorado. Hey, Bob, what's on your mind today? How you doing? I wanted to share with you the, the environmental consequences and the things being put on YouTube of all the animals returning to the cities like the, the fish in the canals and the, and the wild boar in some parts of the country and different they places. They have coyotes walking around Manhattan. Back in. Yeah, they've got coyotes running around Manhattan. I mean, it's incredible, Bob. Just two other things real quick. Number one is I live in uh, Westminster, Colorado, near about three-quarters of a mile from U.S. 36, which has uh, 200,000 cars a day. And at night, just how quiet it's become. And just an airport mm-hmm. near us and plus DIA, how much the quieter the skies are. And uh, it's just amazing. But in my house, I've been here 42 years now. I have a heron who's been fishing my pond that I've had to fence off, and last year I had two ducks in it. It's only a little late by 10. You can't even see anywhere. And then I have rabbits and squirrels, and we had a bald eagle. Bald eagles flying over our house the other day, and we have hawks almost all the time. And there's a white hawk that lives up about a couple of miles from here that actually somebody told me they saw it on my porch last year. They had caught something and was flying off. So, I mean, I have a wildlife zoo here, you know. And the other thing, yeah, finally, great, Bob. there was a program last, a few years ago called Zoo where the animals had all gotten the virus and began attacking humans all over the planet. And these guys were trying to sort out what was going on and trying to find a cure for the virus to fix, fix these animals. And they had to, the humans had to go into compounds to protect themselves. Anyway, I just fascinating. Bob, thanks a lot for the call. And and thanks for telling us what you're grateful for that you know nature is coming back. I you know Louise and I live on basically the glide path for the Portland Airport and the the skies are really quiet and we can see the freeway from here, Route 5 from our house. You know, it's looking like Sunday morning. Anyhow, Dennis in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey Dennis, what's on your mind today? Hey, yeah, Tom, I love your show. I'm calling in to uh, talk about what I see as discrimination against seniors. We have in North Carolina, Texas, other states, governors saying we have to enforce these uh, rules about social distancing and small groups, smaller than groups of 10, except we're going to give an exemption to churches. And they have no right. Yeah, that's bizarre. They're not frontline people. They're not medical. They're not doctors. They're not lawyers. They're not policemen. They're... uh, (laughs) And it puts the elderly, the retired, we are the ones who are greatest at risk, and it directly impacts us. And I called ARP, they said call my North Carolina representative ARP, and that person already said, hmm, sounds like you got a good point. And um, so I'm I'm using your national forum and your good listeners to uh, maybe call there. AARP representatives their state, uh, at their state office and ask them to contact if they're in Texas or any of these states and tell them uh, use their political action capabilities, institute some common sense here. Yeah, I am with you, Dennis. It's, you know, you're in North Carolina. This is uh, the same is true in Florida where uh, Ron DeSantis said, okay, we're going to shut the state down, except for the churches. You know, if you want to go to church, you want to go to one of the mega churches who are the big donors to my campaigns, then feel free. And he's killing off his own peeps. I mean, it's just insane. Dennis, thank you for the call. Donna in uh, Yatchets, Oregon. Am I saying that right, Donna? No, you're not, and I was testing you. It's okay. Yahats. It's the central Oregon coast between uh, Newport yeah, and okay. Florence. Great. Thank you. What's up? So, first of all, I, I love you. Um, and I wanted to tell you, you know, in January I might have called and to tell you about what's going on in Cuba because I was just there with some donations. 
But now it's a different subject. And I wrote to a friend and I said, what are you guys doing in Cuba with this virus? I wrote down some notes with his response. And he said, you know, maybe the government didn't act as fast as it could have. But now the whole country's on shutdown and people are making masks at home. And because they have poor local transportation and lack of private cars for a lot of people, they're not escaping anywhere like people would escape to, like, the coast or spring fling. And no one's trying to escape. And he says that they can't really stockpile things because they just don't have enough things to go around. And personally, you know, when I was last there in January, so many people depended on Airbnb to, you know, make some extra money or little tiny local restaurants. And business is just dead, and I fear for them. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to convey that. Yeah, there's an old saying that, you know, when it rains, the poor get wetter. Um, you know, when it's cold, the poor get colder. When it's hot, the poor get hotter. Cuba has been impoverished by over 50 years of U.S. embargoes, which are unconscionable, in my opinion, and stupid. We have never successfully flipped a government with embargoes, but we're doing it to Venezuela, we're doing it to Cuba, we're doing it to Iran, presumably other countries around the world, maybe Myanmar, I'm not sure. But, you know, Louise and I were in Cuba a year ago, March, and it was just a beautiful country and, and uh, extraordinary stuff going on there. And their major export is doctors, for goodness sake. Um, yeah. You know, which is not to say that I'm a big fan of governments that don't allow free speech. But, uh, you know, there are many, many good lessons we can learn from Cuba. And they were starting to come out of that as a result of American tourists going down there. And then uh, Trump shut that door. You know, Obama had opened the door and Trump closed it. It was just wrong. Donna, thanks for the call. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Tom Harvin here with you and uh, Tony in Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, Tony, what's on your mind today? Something that might help you when it comes to dealing with credit cards. Okay, uh, I'm one of your over-the-road drivers, so I always have a swell supply of those really thin-gauge plastic shopping bags. And if mm -hmm. you put your credit card in the plastic bag, it will swipe through the machine and no problem, and no one touches it with you. And then when you're done, you just throw the really? plastic bag away. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, now, my thought was, you know, if we're we're doing a pickup at the grocery store today, so we're going to have to pull into the parking lot and wait for somebody to right. bring the groceries out, stick them in the back of our car. And if I had to hand my credit card out through the window so that they could swipe it, even if it was in a plastic bag, they're going to have to hold on to it to swipe it. And then they're going to hand that bag back to me after they've had it in their hand. And so, you know, the way I deal with that is I've got a little bottle of hand sanitizer in the car. I'll just squirt it on my hand and I'll rub down the card. But, you know, do you have an alternative solution? Well, what you could do is, like I said, you can you you personally can hold on to the credit card, put it in the bag. They can hold the they can hold the bag and never touch the card, swipe it. And then when they get ready to hand it back to you, you can get. Uh, a part of the bag that they haven't touched, reach inside the bag, and as you take your credit take card out, out, yes, and as you take out your credit card, you turn the bag inside, and yeah. you're not touching the part Brilliant. of the bag they've touched. Brilliant. Okay, Tony, thank you very much. I appreciate that. That's You know, we've got all these innovative people out there. Jan in Villages, Florida. Hey, Jan, what's on your mind? Hey, just want to tell you, I saw a article, I believe, from Forbes that talks about now that mm -hmm. some of the people that are trying to get a refund have to go online to the IRS site. It's a form that's not yet been developed, so they can get their money for the stimulus package or whatever. Yeah, that 1200 bucks. 
Yeah, you have to have a yep. tax return filed in order to be on the, you know, in the stack and are on the list. And you can, if you had no income, you can still file a tax return with zeros in it or, you know, whatever it might be. So if you want to be in that line, go to the IRS site and create an account and link it to your checking account and make sure that you've got the actual IRS site. There are scammers out there right now that are doing okay. direct, you know, they're calling older people and they're saying, we've got your $1,200 check. I'm with the Social Security Administration, but I don't know how to give it to you. I need your bank routing number and uh, your bank account number. And when people give it to them, they, they clean out their checking account. So be very, wow. very careful with this stuff. I mean, there's just like, it's, it's like nasty stuff. We did our taxes just a couple of weeks ago online. I linked it to my checking account so I know that it'll come back. But be sure that you're dealing with the real IRS site. Jan, thanks for that. One that's more that's quick a great thing. suggestion. I, whoop, I, I'm sorry, Jan. I'd already pushed the button and there's a slight delay between you and me. Call back again and we'll, we'll pick up your one more thing. Helen in Fairmont, West Virginia. Hey, Helen, what's up? Hi. I don't think anybody's paying a whole lot of attention to the keep your distance thing. Because my daughter went to Walmart the other day just to pick up one thing for me. Now we're going to go once a month. But there was a Dairy King in Grafton, West Virginia. And there were 19 to 20 people lined up close together to buy ice cream, which oh, I thought was totally stupid. So I called the Taylor well, this County is, this Health is because Department. in rural West Virginia, you have a lot of people who watch Fox News. And, and, you know, Hannity and Ingram and all those people have been lying through their teeth to people for months. And, and people believe that this is a Democratic hoax and that it's going to be just like the flu. And, you know, and, and, and that if you're young, you can't get it. Or if you do get it, you won't get sick. I mean, we had a one-year-old die of it a couple of days ago. There's a couple of 17-year-olds have now died in the United States. Yes, you're less likely to die if you're young, but it'll still knock you down hard and maybe do permanent lung damage. That's so sad, Helen. Helen, thanks for the heads up on it. Bonnie in Delray Beach, Florida. Hey, Bonnie, what's up? Hi. Well, I guess you heard by now that we're going to have a statewide day in place in Florida. DeSantis finally yeah, bowed yeah. to the pressure. Yes. Well, yeah, he did a nice little dog and pony show on his news conference. Uh, oh, he yeah. also made the, he made a point of saying that we're not getting Florida's not getting everything that he orders just so we didn't no. you know, people wouldn't yeah. feel like it. But there's still no decision. This is both governor, you know, statewide and countywide on what to do with the cruise ships mm, yes. that want to dock at uh, Port Everglades, Fort Lauderdale. Right. So, These are human uh, beings, so, and many of them are U.S. citizens. Yes. So there's two Holland Americas because one of them had offloaded passengers to the other ship, the healthy one, healthies versus mm. those with the uh, virus. And the other I just heard about for the first time today is a princess uh, line. I'm not sure which that is. Yeah, that's on my car. And there are assisted living facilities that are not in South Florida that are not announced, not being released by the state by name of who, which ones have the COVID ID uh, 19, the Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach, and only two. Names have been released, and those were both in in Fort Lauderdale. But mm -hmm. there are others that have had problems. This is going to burn through. I mean, we saw this in Washington State. We saw it here in Oregon. You know, the, the first cases, people who were really, really sick in Oregon were in a Veterans Administration old folks home, VA old folks home, and it's just burned through. I think eight or nine or ten of the deaths that we've had in Oregon, and I think we're up to like you know, 19 or 20 now, but, but um, many, if not most of them, came out of that old folks' home. When this thing gets loose in Florida, and it is loose, but I mean, when people start showing up sick, it's going to be a holocaust. It's going to be an absolute screaming, flaming disaster because Ron DeSantis wouldn't close the beaches because he, you know, wanted people from all over the country to come down to Florida and spend their money there to help his economy because he was watching Fox News and he was listening to Donald Trump and he was believing that it was just a hoax. I mean, it's such a tragedy. Bonnie, thank you for the call. I mean, just a, a, a screaming, flaming tragedy that Trump is allowing a quarter million Americans to die. And frankly, I'm guessing the number is going to be higher than that. 
because for two months he was out playing golf and holding rallies. January 1st, golf. January 2nd, golf. January 3rd, a rally. January 4th, golf. January 5th, golf. January 9th, a rally. Bill in Alto, Michigan. Hey, Bill, what's on your mind today? In the states where your property taxes combined in with your mortgage and your your house insurance is combined in with your mortgage, if they are putting these things off for three months, when this is all over and done with, you're going to see your your mortgage go up because of all the, the back taxes and all the back insurance that you are not paying for three months. I think you're going to see a lot of bankruptcies when this is all over and done with because the mortgages are going to go up so high that people can't afford to even live in the home. I think you're absolutely right, Bill. And this is this is why instead of, you know, trying to do all these backdoor and patch the holes and all this kind of stuff, we should have been doing what Europe is doing. Uh, Germany, they call the program Kurzarbeit. NPR this morning was talking about how the Kurzarbeit program has been expanded in Germany over 440 thousand companies are now enrolled in the Kurzarbeit program. And Kurzarbeit is German for short work. Kurz is short, Arbeit is work. And um, what the way it works is companies maintain their payrolls and they simply bill the government for the amount of payroll over and above what they would have. In other words, if, if uh, you know 50% of their employees are laid off, they continue to pay them as if they weren't laid off and they bill the government for 50% of their payroll. If it's 70%, they bill the government for 70% of their payroll. And that money is a grant, it's not a loan. That money is given to the companies on the condition that they pass it right through directly to the employees, period, full stop, no, you know, do not stop, go, do not collect $200. And that's how virtually all the countries of Europe are doing this. And we could have done that here except for the fact that the Republicans objected to it. They said, no, no, you can't do that. You gotta, you know, we gotta run it through unemployment or something like this. And of course, cause that hits fewer people or we're gonna give everybody a $1,200 check so that Donald Trump can sign it. So it makes him look like, you know, big daddy, but it's just, it's just wrong. Bill, thanks for the call. Joe in Ca- Cupertino, California. Hey Joe, what's up? I'm right here in the hotbed, I guess, if you will. Santa Clara County declared the school that closed on a 13th. So I had two high school kids at home doing distance learning. Um, it, this mm-hmm. is a tragedy of proportions I can never think of in, in the past. But you know, have you heard of this yeah. fulminating myocarditis that's come about from the SARS thing? This is what's killing people is this heart condition. And then it just becomes so rapid that they deteriorate right in front of your eyes. It's amazing. I don't. I don't know if yeah, the it, doctors it, are equipped to handle this kind of tragedy that's going on. I mean, I want to suggest I find another profession, but God, what are you going to do? At any rate, um, yeah. there's an app I saw on the phone uh, that I've looked up. It's a symptom tracker. If everybody participates, they'll get a better idea of how to trace this. It's being done in London, and it's being done in other places. I think it's a really good idea. It's free. The other thing is, mm. you know, I just wanted to suggest that. You know, we have to shelter in place and take it seriously for the next three weeks. And if they don't stop the domestic travel, we're not going to be able to get this under control. Yeah. Try the next three months, Joe. It's going to be months. Uh, you know, especially if you're over 50, you're going to have to shelter in place. Or even over 40, people in their 40s are getting deathly ill. Uh, you're going to have to shelter in place until they've got a vaccine. Marvin here with you, and uh, let's see here, David in Spotswood, New Jersey. Hey, David, what's up? Hey, I read this article about oncoming housing crisis in Forbes magazine, and it didn't mm-hmm. mention why the four states in the OA crisis, which were Florida, Nevada, Arizona, and California, crashed more than the other states, which was low property taxes. We didn't learn our lesson, and, and the red states are more more receptive of sales tax receipts, which is probably why the governor of Florida kept the beaches open. I would imagine that if there's a housing crisis, it would be all over, but it's going to be more so in the red states. Yeah, and California because of Prop 13. Good point, David. Yes. Good point. Thank you for calling and making that. We all need to be keeping an eye on this kind of stuff. David in Leadwood, Missouri. Hey, David, what's up? Hey, Tom. Love your show always. And down here in southeast Missouri in Farmington, 
they're starting to make provisions to put COVID virus people onto the empty wards of nursing homes. And I believe the state has the leverage to do this because they're going to put these people on Medicare or Medicaid. What's really ironic is we have a hospital that is only a mile away that closed down just two years ago. Complete hospital still has the beds in it and everything. Have a good day, Tom. Thank you, David. And spot on. I mean, we we have lost, I think, close to 200 hospitals in in the last couple of years because these giant hospital chains are, are shutting down rural hospitals and consolidating their operations. Alfred in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Hey, Alfred, what's up? Hey, Tom, how are you doing? Thanks for picking my call. Listen, uh, sure. I, I called at the last minute that there's uh, vendor, uh, filters in here in Illinois that are making it. And uh, the guy from, I'm not sure, from Virgin uh, Airlines found out about it. And the young man that was helping the doctor put these together found out that he only had one machine and he needed another one. And so he donated the other machine because he went to pay for hmm. the bill for the other one. And the guy says, hey, somebody picked up the tab already. So I don't know if you know Richard Branson. Everybody's. Gonna, I I'm not mis, I'm not sure, but the 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 guy that owns the airline. So the only one that I know of is him, <laughs> unless there's somebody yeah. else. Plus, let me add that oh, too. What happened to this idea of you know so help you God with this guy? Hang on, and the bar they're they're just smirking all over us, and, and you know knowing that they're getting away with this. But I thought that yeah. there was something to do with that. You know, uh, you know Trump's Daily Lies show is just. It's sad. Mike in Barney Lake, Washington. Hey, Mike, what's up? A suggestion for when you go pick up groceries. I used to be a combat medic and uh, worked in the food industry forever, and it drives me insane to see people wearing two gloves because they're not thinking about what they're touching. Mm-hmm. So they, they cross-contaminate. So anytime I go to the store, I always wear one glove, and that way I'm more conscious of which hand is dirty, which hand is clean. And, like, the glove oh, hand, I'll open the store whatnot so like if you put on a glove i did this in a drive-thru bank the other day you put on a glove and you handle what's dirty then you shake out or like with your credit card if you use the gloved hand to hand it to the clerk they hand it back to your gloved hand then you peel your glove off inside out and your card is in there there you go a lot of ways to do this mike thank you that's yeah. that's a great suggestion that's that you know it's yeah. kind of a variation on on uh, the way that uh, you know people in underdeveloped countries where they don't have toilet paper one hand is clean typically your left hand is cl- is unclean and your right hand is clean um because that's oh the yeah i just in saudi arabia i know that one yeah, yeah yeah absolutely and rich in central woolly washington we got a little less than a minute rich you got a quick point to make oh yeah i think it's time to look back again at q and on to see where Trump's head is at and where he's going to, because uh, they believe that this is the beginning of the storm. Actually, today is supposed to be a media blackout where we only hear from Trump. I'm, I'm surprised you're still on the air, haha. But <laughs> they, they believe Trump is. Is that what they're saying? I know that there's a whole there's a whole new thing of uh, you know coronavirus truthers saying that oh the hospital parking lot is empty. There can't be coronavirus. Well, the thing they're, they're pushing on, on the deep website right now is that Trump has figured this out. He's turned it around on the deep state. He's going to isolate everybody. And while we're all on coronavirus lockdown, that's when he's going to take out the deep state with 100,000 wars. Wow. Amazing. Rich, thank you. In a way, what you are seeing is the deep state being taken out. Steve Bannon said that their goal was to deconstruct the administrative state. In other words, take apart the federal government. And they largely have. There are literally thousands of senior positions, federal positions, that, are, that have been unfilled. The Department of the EPA, the Department of Interior, the regulatory agencies are, are just decimated. The Social Security Administration has fewer people, so it takes longer to file claims. Uh, you know, right across the board, uh, the IRS, same thing. Anyhow, we'll see you tomorrow. In the meantime, get out there digitally. Get active. Tag your it. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great afternoon. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.